1: Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the Mid-Alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hey everybody, how are you feeling? Do you feel
0: like a fully functioning human woman or do you feel like a collapsed sofa?
1: (laughs) If the stuffing has been knocked out of you by, well, everything, it might be time to talk about the gut microbiome. Go on, let's. I know it's not sexy repartee, but it's a conversation worth having because it affects, well, everything. Bear with me briefly, your gut microbiome is a vast ecosystem with bacteria as diverse as the Amazon rainforest. They break down food and help your body to detoxify, they support the immune system, they can affect energy and weight, as well as mental health.
0: But along with all the bacteria, lurk yeasts, fungi and viruses, good guys and bad guys. And research has now shown that the composition of the gut microbiome can change with dietary intervention, stress levels and quality of sleep. Scientists are increasingly treating the gut as its own organ, which is why we are delighted that this
1: podcast is brought to you by Simprove again. Let me tell you a story. Long before Simprove approached us to sponsor the podcast, I had started swigging it every morning and felt a difference within weeks. It's a water based supplement that carries live and active bacteria that can endure the incredible journey from mouth to gut in order to start to multiply and produce food for the bugs we already have. Don't even get me started on the gut-brain connection.
0: Now, I've now been using it for six months and I can't get enough of the stuff. Hair, mood, skin, digestion, it's all happening more as it should, as it used to.
1: Mm. Everybody who knows about this stuff knows that Simprove is the best of its kind. You can sign up for a 12-week introductory programme. And here's your code for a 15% discount, Midult 15 at Simprove.com. Simprove, follow your gut feeling. Hi everyone, I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine, but regular listeners will know that Married at First Sight Australia has been kind of the only thing keeping me going for the last few <laughs> it's months. It's your crutch. It keeps me awake at night long enough to, you know, not go to bed at 8.45, it just gives me something to talk about. I can't watch anything with a narrative arc because I'm too sleepy and I find anything sad or violent too distressing. Anyway, it finished last week the week before, which is a, it was a tragedy in my life. So appallingly, I find myself going back and thinking, OK, so this has just been series nine. I started on series five, so I haven't seen series four. So I'll dig it out, download it and watch series four and it'll be fine, like an elastoplast, be good. It'll do its job. So that is bad enough in itself. But then I started watching series four and I realised that even though it was probably only filmed, I don't know, five or six years ago, it already has that slightly sepia-tinted Golden Girls tinge (laughs) to it. And then I think, you know, my God, I look at those things like Friends, which look like properly vintage. And then you remember you watched them first time round and they looked as fresh. And the humour didn't seem sort of homophobic and misogynistic (laughs) and appalling. And it's just all confirmation of how... Time is weird and moves too fast. And things that we grew up with are now old-fashioned.
0: I feel that things are going at such a fast pace that even a couple of years is like light years. Well, what a couple of, of
1: years? Well, that's true. That How are too. you, Emily?
0: Oh, uh, hi, Annabelle. I'm absolutely fine. But I, <laughs> this morning, I put a heel balm, Flexitol heel balm on my face. Um, by accident, I hastened to um ad although as soon as I realized I, p- I picked it up from my bedside table put it on slathered it on my face realized that there was something texturally wrong looked down in horror and then thought oh for one second I thought maybe this will help the cracks on my face and as in it, myself as and... it has helped the cracks on my heels then I thought oh no you're insane are you really so desperate that you would actually put heel balm on your face in order to smooth it but, out? You know, in a way, <laughs> are
1: you so desperate that you wouldn't? Well, so that just that, shows so us true. that we have too many bottles to beat ourselves up with. What are we trying to prove with a bottle for our elbow and a, elbow and a bottle for our eyebrow? I,
0: I mean, exactly, and also they're both nestling next to my exactly my bedside, my pillow, the moisturiser, and that. so I quit, I, ru- I rubbed it off like so fast, and, and then hated yourself just a little bit more. I know exactly for your madness
1: for your blindness for the fact that you're conned into buying 95 different creams.
0: Exactly, and for what it, what any of it is saying about anything, and will I just stick a filter on it anyway? I wish. Well, it...
1: thank goodness today's <laughs> guest is here.
0: <laughs> yes, because if you have ever been depressed about the chilly perfection of Instagram, then we have the antidote. Emily Clarkson sharing her unflinching quest for photorealism to her 249,000 followers. She uses the platform to call out the constant cultural undermining of women, and to smash our own internalised misogyny, one awkward yet joyful post at a time. She also has a chart-topping podcast, should I delete that, with her fellow warrior, Alex Light, where they rant and chat and talk to people about mental health, body image, and the rest we are thrilled to welcome her to the podcast
2: M, how are you hello i'm absolutely fine but i'm a shite adult and i'm constantly <laughs> overwhelmed and i just can't handle any of
1: it thank you very much for
2: having me <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love it and then mic
1: drop. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know the thing is speaking you know, 20 years on from you or something that never changes it never it never get. well you never become a good ad- adult do you no. maybe if you can if you can stop caring but then you you, know.
0: you get these tiny moments, like when you pull out of the the, the boot of your car the um, bags for life and take them into the supermarket, and you have one second where you actually are like, I'm, <laughs> this is it, I'm winning, and then um, you never have enough, or something breaks, or whatever, or you forget your list, or whatever. I feel
1: deranged <laughs> today. No, it's not. It's not. It's not going well. But Em, um, you know, I know you, you don't feel young, but you know, at the, <laughs> the tender age of twenty seven, nearly twenty eight. You've you know, made this very grown-up decision to make it your mission, to be the anti- antidote, really, to the dishonesty around the way that women are spoken to by mainstream media and, and the way that we're all beaten up all the time. Why did you start on this um, quest?
2: Well, I like the idea that it was, like, some calculated, like, I'm, I'm just going to go and just be amazing. I'm just going to go and be what everybody needs. Um, it wasn't that at all. I, I did it, I started it because I needed it. Like, I, um, we grew up, my age group grew up in a really weird time, almost as weird as the kids are growing up now. And it's just... All the magazines, before before it was social media, it was the magazines, whatever. But I just grew up, I can't tell you how little my self-worth was throughout my life. Like I just, I felt like basically a sack of shit for my whole life. I had no confidence, I had no self-worth and I wasn't on my own with that. But it does feel like you are, right? I think, I don't know, I think I just got to a point where I was like, this is bullshit. I'm like, this is enough. Was that
1: because of what you were looking at on social?
2: I think so. It was actually before socials. I mean, if you grow up like looking like we did at Cosmo, which I still love, but Heat, which I don't love, uh, Closer, you know, any of those magazines, like we grew up in the hoop of horror era. Do you remember? Like they'd go, you know, whatever, Courtney Cox would go out on a night night out and she'd have a sweat patch and they'd put it in a big red hoop. The hoop
0: of horror. It was like evidence. Yeah, circle of shame. It was that comparison, that constant comparison thing. So it would be like, look at, I remember pictures of, like, Tyra Banks, who's a sort of ravishing model, and it was like, look at her on the beach looking awful. And it was just because the angle is particularly yeah. unflattering, nothing to do with and how wonderfully ravishing she is. But I agree, it was that constant kind of chipping away at women's sort of self-worth and self worth Shaming
1: you for whatever you were and whatever you were. Yeah,
2: and it's just... And you, the more you grow up with it, you know, I I always wanted... Like, I've always been like a, I don't know, a little feminist like I you know when I was a kid I wanted to be secretary general of the United Nations because like no one had done it I was such a weird five-year-old but like I just you know I wanted to I wanted I, I I don't know I have a like I have a lot of morality and I always had a lot of and actually it made me horribly judgmental and not a great person for a long time because you end up being you know a bit too strident but I, well, I
1: think if you're, if you're judging yourself well, you ju- and you're being unkind you also to yourself... Judge, you know then you, what?
2: You judge everybody. Yep. If we're reading heat, we're reading closer. I, I believe that women are conditioned and young girls are conditioned to judge each other and to shame each other and to bring each other down because we, we weren't taught to believe that there was enough space for everybody. So we do shit on each other all the time. And I shout on everybody else because it made me feel better because I was insecure. So I would look at other women and I'd delight in the circle of shame. I'd be like, yes, yes, she's not perfect. So I
0: agree. There's such a strange, I think it's sort of to do with the way that men create kind of clubs for themselves where they basically lift each other up, et cetera, et cetera. And how that has just gone on for forever and ever. And we are, you know, women are trying with, you know, those spaces and those clubs and whatever. But I agree. Is there so little, feels like so little space to, to fight for that you have to kind of, you know, it's got to be at the expense of another woman, it's certainly not at the expense of a, of a man
1: I remember feeling it really acutely recently when the whole Free Britney movement was happening and I remembered when yeah. she was obviously in terrible trouble and she was shaving her head losing custody of her kids, they were putting the conservatorship in place and we were all gleeful about how mad she looked and I felt very complicit yeah. in this awful narrative that had been played out at her really and around her and about her but go on em so this this was all happening so and and it was affecting your self-esteem and the way that you were projecting things onto other people
2: yeah i i and i i don't think we you know we before we started recording we kind of talked about like a lack of nuance in social media and i think at my core i'm not a bad person i hope i'm a good person but i i had to make myself a better person because i don't think i'd been conditioned to grow up i don't i don't think any of our generation we we always say things like, oh, I'm not like the other girls. And like, you know, and, and sort of like, like microaggressions against other women. We do compete with other women. And, and I think I was a bit, bit bitchy and gossipy and judgy and whatever. And that's all fun and games until it got turned on me, which it did when I was 17 because my dad's in the public eye. And then, you know, the male would print photos of me when I was a kid, you know, as a teenager. And the comments about me, and they were like beyond brutal for, to read as a teenager about yourself and i like, still they're imprinted on my on my soul like you know some of them i will never ever forget and it gave me such a battering like i i just it, i i just didn't i didn't want to be me it was like every insecurity that i already had which was extensive because you know i was a teenage girl in the noughties and then all these people like were commenting all these grown-ups were like commenting all this shit about me and i just thought I had I had some, it, it took a couple of years, it didn't happen overnight, but I had this real thing where I was like, we can't keep going like this. We have to, something has to change. We've got to be better to women, but women have to be better to women before we can start getting men being better to women, I suppose. So it was a, it's been a growth thing, but I, a lot of what I did on Instagram, I was like, I can't apologise for what I look like and I don't owe you anything. I don't owe you beauty. I don't owe you slimness. I don't, what do you want from me? Because if I look a different way, someone will have a beef with that or whatever, but... Anyway, but yeah, so I was basically a bit of a bitch and a gossip as a teenager probably and then everyone started bitching and gossiping about me and I thought, no, I'm out, I'm not doing this. So I just, I tried to create a space online that's just kinder and I won't have got it right all the time, but for the most part, I'm really proud of what I have now and it's great.
1: Yeah, and there are certain things that are going to be very helpful, like almost therapeutic for young women, like the way you... On uh, Instagram, and you and Alex in your podcast talk about things like diet culture, because Mm. we pretend that that's getting better, and it isn't really, is it? Not yet.
2: No, and I also I think like something that's really hard with social media is like you kind of can't show up unless you've got like a hundred, you're a hundred percent right about something, or you've Mm. got a, a, a complete opinion, or like you've laid something to bed, and then you can come back and reflect on it. It's really hard when you're in the throes of something to come and be in perfect because. You know, we expect so much of each other. We call each other out, we judge each other. So it's hard, but I think something like to to pretend that none of us are affected by diet culture is a load of, like, it's, it's just not, Yeah, of course you are. You know, like I've got a wedding coming up and it, to, to not have the, that, you know, the, like all oh, the wedge shred shit in the back of your mind, it's impossible. You, you yeah. have it and you have the bikini body stuff. You have the, you know, you see popping up slim fast, slimming world, weight watches, all the, it's everywhere. I think like something that we're not very good at online yet is forgiving ourselves, accepting ourselves, like accepting that we struggle, accepting that we're products of our environment. And like, that's a big part of what Al and I do with the podcast is like, look, you're not perfect. Like you'll have done this shit in the past. You might still be doing it now, but you don't have to keep doing it. Like you don't have to keep being a dick if you don't want to. You don't have to keep hurting yourself if you don't want to. You don't have to just eat I don't know, cabbage, like, if you don't want to, like, the time is whenever you want to make the change.
1: Yeah, because shame can do that, can't it? It can sort of back you into a corner, a really dark, scary corner, where you just don't think that you can do anything else.
2: No, and that's when you project, you know, that's where trolling happens, that's where unhappiness happens, that's where, it's, it's such a weird world, social media, like, I just, you know, you could literally go for, like, 40 years trying to explain the psyche that it's creating and you wouldn't get to the bottom of it but shame's huge and and we i think women have always had shame and i think i yeah i mean yeah women have always been shamed for everything literally everything you know and and sometimes you have these conversations online and you just think this is huge like mm-hmm. this is, there's nothing that we don't feel shame about. Like yeah. you had too much sex, you didn't have enough sex, you, you yeah. ate too many biscuits, you didn't eat, oh, you didn't eat any biscuits, that's boring. Like, I don't know, everything, like absolutely everything you'll get judged for.
0: Oh, I, absolutely. I, I mean, somebody was talking to, one of my daughters was talking about, you know, skinny privilege the other day. And I was just thinking, oh my God, it's so complicated, the idea that you're not allowed to talk about like body culture because you have a, a so-called acceptable like body shape. And it just goes, it goes on and on and on and on. I feel like it is like the quicksand that we were told as 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 kids that we should be really frightened in, in the movies. It is actually emotional quicksand or social quicksand where you one minute you're there and you think you've got the footing and the next you've disappeared down a hole and you've fucked it up. Mm. And you mm. don't know you don't know, you know, how to kind of clamber out of it. It's very Because difficult. there
1: is judgment at every single turn. Yeah. So sucking the oxygen out, out, of, out of your lungs and it's interesting because I sort of think that in the past women who were trying to um, you know in a way sort of smash the patriarchy you know in small ways every day would sort of say I don't care what you think but I feel like what you're doing Em, is more nuanced than that you're saying I have really cared what you think and I may still in some ways but I'm get, making these decisions to try and be happier or more generous every day and also as we discussed earlier Reserving the right to change your mind, because if you can't change your mind, you can't grow. And 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 we're all, we're supposed to be, as you say, certain that we're right with everything that we do and say. Mm-hmm.
2: I love that. My favourite thing ever is you can't change the world if you can't change your mind, basically. And like that's what everybody's trying to do on social media, right? Like if when any ever, like, if a big political movement, if anything happens, right, people tell you to do better. That happens all the time. People say, do better, do better, do better. But they don't give you much space to actually do better because, you know, if you've ever been ignorant, then that will be you, that will be weaponized and used against you in the future. And that makes it really scary to have an opinion on anything, you know, you say about skinny privilege, you say, you know, like there's, there's so many things and you have to weigh up really if you're doing genuine harm or if, if your intentions are enough. You know, I think intention is important and people don't really recognise that a lot on social media. And I think it is getting better or maybe I've just blocked enough people that it, <laughs> well, you're entirely that it feels like it. By now. But I just, I, I, yeah, I think it's really important that we that we give ourselves the space to change our minds. The other thing about it is that the way that we're programmed, or at least the way I'm programmed,
0: and I, I heard you guys talking about people pleasing in the podcast last week, and I know that's a, a subject that that you come back to. But how one you can have a hundred positive comments that go yay go thank you whatever this is brilliant, this is brilliant and you have one person go oh, I'm not really like this and you go this is the bit you think about and you don't think about the 99 people you've helped you think about the one person who thinks that
2: somehow you're wrong and 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 how does that help us like move forward I think that's part of being a woman as well though and that's a fun that's a really fun stuff I find it like this is a bit of I don't know. This is like the wankiest expression. It's like self growth, but this is the stuff I love about it because it's like you push back on everything. Like you push back, like why do I want to be liked so much? Why does this hurt so much? Why, why, why? And you push everything back, and it's literally just like the patriarchy every single time. Like every time, it's like women are conditioned. We we have to be liked. Like we have to be palatable. We have to be pretty. We have to be like modest and quiet and and like you know seen and not heard and all this shit, right? And so when. When somebody doesn't like you, it is like a dagger to the heart. And it's taken me so much work to, to realise that it's okay. And actually, if people don't like me, it's none of my business. What people think of me isn't any of my business, really. And if I try and make it, I just will explode.
1: Isn't it clever of the patriarchy to make us think that we're battling them, um, but really just to have us in fighting with each other? That'll shut us up. Yeah, that'll stop us infringing on their territory. Just let's call each other fat bitches for ten or twenty years while they get on with banning abortion.
2: <laughs> Literally, what do they say about that? It's like the left are so busy tying up our shoelaces to each other's shoelaces, and like meanwhile, like fascists are voted in.
1: Um, Yeah, exactly. Well, we're worrying about, you know, which filter to use, which brings me on to filter culture, which is something that we are we are absolute amateurs at. (laughs) But, you know, women in their 20s and 30s can almost draw themselves on to their Instagram post because it is so divorced from what's actually there. What does that do to, to, to you when you're when you can't bear to look at the way that you really look? When what you see in the mirror is not good enough, but once you've, you know, distorted yourself, then that's acceptable for the public appetite, you know. I
2: think that's the word... That's the bit that really, really scares me, and I, I haven't done so much on that at the minute. I, I did, you know, during lockdown, I thought it, I felt like it was really, really, really important, because in we, we grew up, like I said, with those magazines, and, and they were air, airbrushed to shit, and, and that damaged me. I know it damaged me, because, you know, like, even seeing photos of myself i just i hated them and, and and i and i was so aware of you know even you know, like now I'm starting to get wrinkly, and I'm like, for God's sake, like what was I worried about ten years ago? This is so annoying. It's such a waste of my time. But that's lovely and hindsighty. But
1: it, uh, just wait. I, I can't. I
2: can't wait. I just, I know it's coming for me. Um, You'll be reaching for the heel bar. Yeah. Send me a link. Um, but uh, yeah, I know. You know, I know that damaged me, uh, and and that was that was only seeing celebrities look a certain way. The fact that we can make ourselves look like those celebrities look will damage girls now in a way that we can't conceive and this is what really scares me it's like for a really long time people talked about social media like oh like people always said it to me like when I got trolled, and they'd be like oh if you don't like it get off that is not an option like it isn't it is inconceivable that you say to teenagers now don't don't be online like it, it's not gonna happen but still people are treating it like it's this silly little hobby for like silly little girls that just want to go and like talk to their friends it's not it's not, it's how terrorism is thriving, it's how, you know, extremism is happening, it's, it's fucking terrifying, it's absolutely ginormous, and people are behaving like it's, woo, (laughs) um, like it's nothing, anyway, and that means that it's completely unregulated, and I think the fact that you can take a photo and do whatever you want to it, and, and, you know, look at influencers, for example, or celebrities, you know, Kim Kardashian, the Jenners, whatever, they can, they can pinch, tuck, smooth, whatever, and you are none the wiser. You can do it in video. You can do it. It's the easiest thing in the whole wide world. If, you know, I I could make myself look unrecognizable in two minutes on my phone. And without the declaration, without knowing that that's that that's what you're comparing yourself to, you will literally, it's chasing your tail and knowing you'll never ever catch it. Because you're, you're, you're striving to something that doesn't exist. And that's one thing when you're looking at somebody else, as I did in the magazines. It's another thing when you think about girls looking at Kim Kardashian or uh, all these women 50 times a, a minute. But it's something else entirely when you think that we're doing this To ourselves, because you're creating something in a screen that you can't see in a mirror, and that is well, something that doesn't exist exactly. And that's so scary. So you, how how can you ever measure up to this this fantasy that you create of yourself? And I felt I feel now. I hope it's a little better that we're back out the house again. And I really feel like for me, you know, I can see myself in my friends. Like I, you know, I can see myself when I'm having fun, and and I feel like more of a complete person. But during lockdown when it's just you at home and you're just you just see yourself in your phone this becomes entirely who you are because you lose so much else of yourself and that's when it really scared me because I just think you're creating a monster and the long-term effects of that we don't know them and that's what scares me because we haven't been here before.
1: I mean, unbelievably addictive as well. I mean, how do you go back from that? And I agree. In terms of regulation, I mean, there's one kind of regulation where you want to stop, you know... Putin from hacking TikTok and there's another kind of regulation for really women and girls I suppose where you would want something like this image has been manipulated on everything that has been filtered.
2: So an amazing friend of mine called Sasha Polari did a really really big uh, campaign called Filter Drop with the Advertising Standards Agency and they and she won so you do now have to declare in an advert if something is edited but there's no policing of it you know it it, this the online safety bill that Nadine Doris has just pushed through, that should help again. But again, until somebody stands up and it's like, the whole thing needs regular, you know, there's, there's little efforts being made in there, great. But on a mass scale, you know, um, TikTok uh, edits you automatically.
0: Well, this is the thing. I always go on and I go with my with my children, and I go, "Oh gosh, I look good," and then I realize that I don't look good. Yeah, <laughs> that it's just that it's. But for them, exactly like you said, the fact that it does it automatically, which they the always me- think well, the that message they look there like is yeah. from
1: TikTok is you are too disgusting <laughs> for us to broadcast whatever it is that you're filming. <laughs> so we will have to write this wrong before it goes on a screen. That's really scary. It's the other really thing scary.
0: is, is as, as you were talking, I was thinking there is no, there is not one. I mean. You know, we are so set up to fail in so many ways because there's, if you think about every kind of cookbook or food advertising or, or, um, every sort of almost every beach scene that you see, you know, in a kind of travel advert or whatever, everything has been enhanced and changed. And the food isn't the food. And I was told the other day that they use white glue to make cereal look like (gasps) it's, they put
2: tampons in roast potatoes to make them steam. Right, there
0: you go. They put, and I just think, uh, you know, I mean, for me, who's like try to, when you try and replicate things and you go, I literally do not know why I can't replicate this in real life. And it's because it's all lies. Because it
1: doesn't exist. Because
0: it doesn't exist. And just when you make peace with it or whatever, then they bring out virtual influencers who aren't even, it's not I even know. about, you know, real people with filters or, or whatever. It's actually just like imaginary people.
2: There are AI. That don't
0: exist. Yeah, there yeah. are loads of them terrifying they're just bots there they are smiling beautifully they never have an off day they probably don't you know they never eat they never eat too many biscuits and feel bad about it they don't get angry they don't whatever they're the perfect sort of
1: Woman. woman Yeah, exactly. The perfect woman. I mean, I I sit here and I think to myself, you know, because if you you were a teenager in the 90s, um, then you you were led to believe that you, not only that you could have it all, but you already had it all, even though some bloke's hand was up your skirt and there was a massive glass ceiling three inches above your head. You just sort of, you know, that's sort of what you thought. And here I sit in 2022 thinking, I can't believe we're still having this conversation, but actually it's almost worse. Yeah, you know, as as, as as democracy is put into reverse and you've got, you know, AI porn bots, it's, you know... It's... Well,
0: you've got porn, not even bots, you've got porn watching MPs in the commons. You've got, you know, it's a constant sort of wash of porn on phones that's creating a, a whole other double standard for women. Girls, yeah. girls, not yeah. even women, yeah.
1: girls, And um, you know. Do you have a lot of younger girls following you and contacting you, Em?
2: yeah I mean for the majority part, it's like my it's twenty five to thirty five but nothing makes me happier than than i, I my second biggest is eighteen to twenty five and that I love that you saying before about like um i don't I don't know because i because I wasn't there in the nineties or whatever but i I don't believe it's better, and I think the what the worst thing about what's happening now is that we can't switch off from it, and it's on such a mass scale. You know, girls are being harassed, not just in real life, but in AI, on social media. We are exposed to bad news relentlessly. We are exposed to all news relentlessly. You know, before, like, okay, yeah, so your boss might make a misogynistic comment to you. That's one in a day. But at the minute, you go on the Daily Mail online and you see, like, 50 in a row, and then you open your DMs and you've got a photo of a man's dick, and then you go to school and you're going to get shouted at by a guy who is... And to say that grand theft auto, to say that the sort of manosphere or whatever isn't a part of our society, is massively willfully ignorant. Like it is getting worse in terms, sexism is getting worse online because it breeds in in gaming communities, and young girls are bearing the brunt of that. On top of the fact that we still live with the fear that we could just be murdered at any point walking home and so it's not necessarily that it's better or worse I just think it's incomparable to anything that we've been through before and okay maybe it's maybe cyber flashing I've been cyber flashed and I've been real life flashed and if I had to compare I'd probably say it's worse in real life but it doesn't make it nice when it happens online particularly not when it happens on the scale that it happens to me like I see so many dicks every day I'm like this is
1: gross this is also so, you know a disembodied dick is just you know both threatening and silly <laughs> yeah but i got like, i got really wasn't yeah exactly i got,
0: got cyber flashed on the overground and at the moment when i realized what it, what it was that had just appeared on my what it just been airdropped to me essentially and um and then i realized that somebody in that space had sent it to me because they had to be in proximity and so that and I was really scared and and you think oh god we can make light of it as much as what oh god so I got you know sent a dick and blah 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 but actually somebody within three feet of me or whatever was happy to send his you wanted to see the look by... on your face yeah
1: when and, you opened up that attachment
0: yeah and it's uh and you know it just shows how quickly that can step into
2: art to, to real life fear I think you know? that's what I think that's what a lot of people forget and and uh, again like mentioned laura bates because i'm obsessed with her but so much of what her work uh, so much of what her work is has been really instrumental in educating me but i think like the thing that we forget like social media is all fun and games right like it's all gas it's all for, like memes and and videos and it's all really great and stuff but the thing that, that i think a lot of men and particularly like the not all men brigade forget is that underlying everything is the fear that does surround women and does surround young girls because they are flashed on the way to school and they are spoken about in a derogatory way and and they are victims. I would just, you know, it's ninety six percent of young women have experienced sexual harassment. Like it's extraordinary. And I think, but but then you know, you also have to contend with the fact that you get a lot of older women going, ah, oh, well, it was, a, it's a compliment. Like I wish, I wish someone would would harass me every once in a while. I'm like, oh, fuck <laughs> off, Karen.
1: But it's, I, I think that. But you, that, you know what's so extraordinary about that? You know, that the woman that says that is she may say that, but she's still. Will not have headphones in with music playing loudly when she walks mm-hmm. under a, through a tunnel in the park. I won't. She still will have her keys between her fingers and very alert as she walks home from the pub. I yeah, mean, she'll and be if saying she's that. Got but she's still scared of being yeah. murdered and scared of her daughter's being murdered. But she's also. Also, and this is don't this, get murdered. Is is you know rather than don't murder, don't get murdered. But also, she's still
0: walking that impossible line that we're walking, where we but where we have to. She feels like she somehow is not being whistled at because she no longer fits the standard of sexual attraction that has been set by the patriarchy, and therefore well, men jealousy. are not whistling. Men are not whistling her. Therefore, in some way, she is redundant and invisible, and she doesn't want that either. So she neither wants to be murdered nor wants to be <laughs> invisible nor wants. So this is and this it's a. a Fair enough
2: request, to be fair like i get it like we yeah. our entire worth has been intrinsically exactly. linked to our attractiveness the whole way through so it's fair enough she doesn't want to be invisible quite right she shouldn't be invisible but she can't silence other women because she's insecure and that's the problem with social media is we take our own insecurities our own anger our own frustration and we project it onto people that it has nothing to do with and that to take it back to the not all men and and that fear that's for, for a lot of young women that's what worries me is is the men make it a joke, the boys make it a joke at school. It's, you know, and that culture will exist until we can change education, which no one is in a rush to do, which is frustrating. But as long as that culture... It's, both,
1: it's, it's frustrating and astounding when you look at the state of education, sex education. Sex education. Harassment in schools. Yeah. I mean the whole it, it's it's, up, it's extraordinary it yeah. is
2: and as long as you've got boys who can keep it up as banter and you can take the banter everywhere it's not just in the locker room banter follows them everywhere now they've got social media and the girls still have to tread this impossible line where they need to keep the boys happy so they need to go along with the jokes and, and still be pretty so and still be funny and still manage all of that but underlying it's fucking terrifying and they yeah. can't explain why it's terrifying because no one talks to them about the fact it's terrifying I remember we had a, we had a pervert at school there was, a, there, was a, there, was a, there was a town pervert and we were just told yes the resident <laughs> yeah. pervert yeah and we were so, just told I don't it, yeah he was like just don't take photos with him they, they, that's what the school were like they're like oh he's got a koala bear and he's gonna ask you to take a photo with it and just don't and it's like you know there's a you know there's a nonce in the town go and get him why is this on kids but that's the education there's no there's no conversation around consent harassment anything for young women and, it, and it's such a head mess for them so in short yeah I love it when young women follow me online cuz I'm like we have we've got some stuff to talk come, come about Come on in. Yeah. Come
0: on in. The water's lovely. Yeah. Let's get in. Let's get in this bath. We're in your bath too, you know, 47. Just like yeah, absolutely cuz I think, you know, the responsibility is with all of us. You know, there's such a hilarious, um, there's a brilliant New Yorker cartoon the other day where this guy was like feeding a kid his porridge and going, I, I'm wean you onto solids and then can you please fix my internet and climate change? And <laughs> that's so true. Like, we can't pass off that to, to the younger generations, just assume, okay, well, you guys are doing better and therefore that's, yeah. that's great. We have to be active
2: and, you know, and agitate and, and fight too. But I think people lead with defence. People get very defensive, you know, like if I, like, I don't, I like, well, I don't eat meat, I'm mostly vegan, but I'm too scared to tell people that anymore because it just causes so much pardon the pun, but beef, Jesus, like, <laughs> either with vegans who I'm not vegan enough for, or with, you know, like, old people who are like, you fucking vegans, you're ruining everything, and climate change is bringing in the soybeans, and I'm like, I can't sit and fight with you about this all the time, and that's what it kind of feels like to be a millennial, it's like, everything's a fight, and it's like, look, I just don't want to eat meat anymore, it's not a biggie, but everything's so politicized, everything's got to be a huge, whoa, with my day, and it's like, oh, I don't, care like we're, we're just doing the best with what we've got now we're doing making personal choices but we've just got to give each other a break to be honest, a little
1: bit more live and let live a little wow. bit yeah. bring up some of the old bring back some of the old fashioned expression just a little more live and let live
2: yeah but that's um, interesting because that's the the you know the older people who are angry with the snowflakes they don't live and let live you know that no. uh, and you know, looking at... I remember Cosmopolitan did an amazing magazine cover. Well, they've done a couple. They had one with Tess Holiday and then they had one with a couple of my friends and it was absolutely amazing last June. and it was showing health in different ways in a disabled body, in a plus-size body or whatever. And the Good Morning Britain... Presenters kicking off about you know that this isn't health and it's like why are you so angry why are you so angry because because these are the same people that don't like it when young people start kicking off about th- how things have been it's like why are you kicking off about how things are now and there's a I think we're all massive hypocrites and we've all got to be a bit cooler about that and accept that yeah accept I mean, hypocrisy
1: hypocrisy sometimes yeah because it's not it's not actually a terrible crime. No! It's just human frailty. And frankly, bring me human frailty. I don't want all the perfection and the certainty. Because it makes me feel scared and isolated.
2: Yeah, I'm a very happy hypocrite. I love it. I'm a complete contradiction. <laughs> I honestly I, I just I, I yeah, feel like I'm, you should have
1: a t-shirt with happy hypocrite on it. I know. I feel
2: like this is a bit like the next, <laughs> merch this is the way forward. Yeah, quick, yeah. like, merch, merch it, <laughs>
0: merch it. This is how we are, just sell it. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, but, if you
2: if you can't so I would say if you don't take the piss out of yourself, someone will do it for you. And I think you know if you if you come in and and you you are behaving like you're holier than now and you've got all the answers someone will just try and unpick it and and find an area where you're wrong whereas if you can walk in and just be like i'm a mess and and i'm doing my best people are much less inclined to <laughs> to
1: go in on that well I think that that's what you do and to a certain extent what we do you know we're not getting it right we feel mad and insane most of the time (laughs) but you know let's try and have a laugh um and I think that's one of the reasons that I enjoy your Instagram and your podcast is because it's got lightness of touch it doesn't have that oppressive sincerity it's like could be right could be wrong don't know but this is how (laughs) I feel today yeah exactly
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. we grew up with this sort of 80s woman who was sort of, you know, li- literally a kind of sex goddess in the bedroom, a kind of CEO in the boardroom. Yes, really. yes, a welder adorned, a fisherman exactly. dust. You know, she was flashed <laughs> beast up. She in could the
1: bedroom. Fix a
0: car. And flexible. Also, like, dance. Yes, exactly. Very nails. flexible. And, and, you know, these impossible expectations of for, for women. And um and you're right. Sometimes you just need to walk in and say... And also, the other thing is, is that we were never allowed, you know we were told by the generation above us, you are never allowed to show that you are not able to cope because therefore you are weak and you are letting the side down yeah. and you are showing that we do not deserve to be in the spaces that, that we that we that we have sort of, you know, kicked so, to the man do up. so man yeah. up. And, you know, it's horrible when you feel like you can't cope, which is, you know, 90 percent of the time, <laughs> um, except for the time when I've got the bag in the supermarket <laughs> is all working out. But you know what I mean? And, you know, to be able to walk in and go, OK, I'm a mess. This is where this is it. This is this is me with all my flavours. And I'm going to give you something well, brilliant they, while
1: also what that generation missed was that um, when it comes to, you know, in the boardroom or wherever is that emotion is a female superpower. Yes, so I that's was talking the thing to that my makes mom about profits. This. Yeah,
2: I love honestly the the PR who whoever said that women were emotional and just managed to emit anger as an emotion. I'm like, are you angry? <laughs> anger is the biggest emotion, and all men are angry the minute a woman gets angry. I have to say, curtains for her. But it's just like men are the most emotional creatures on this earth, my god. And that I just I want to meet the PR team because. It was, a
1: Maybe it was rebrand. A yeah. Maybe for a re-brand. <laughs> I'd like a consultancy gig on this period. Yeah. Because I think I feel like I could make meaningful
2: change. Yeah. I, but you know, there's so much of my own judgments I still have. Like as you were saying that, I realised that when so I didn't have a period for six years, because I had the marina coil. So I had no period pains, so I had no periods, I had nothing. Like I was just I was like a dude. And when when other people would complain about their period pains or like take time off work, in my inner head I'd be like, judgy i'd be like well oh, come on
1: you, you, you do,
2: yeah you let me side down what are you doing and and it, uh, obviously it's because i'm so selfish it just took me having a period to be like fucking hell like, it's oh, it's yeah. god that's, i can understand it now but obviously that's the thing is is um i couldn't see it until i was literally in that position and that's the thing with social media it's so easy to judge because we're not in that position it's only when you're in it you're like oh, well, shit, (laughs) I must eat my words. (laughs) But then it's embarrassing to go back and be like, oh, so I was was wrong before and I'm really sorry and whatever. So we just kind of carry on being blinkered and nasty. But I think that's like... But it's. I think that's one of the hardest things in the whole wide world is putting yourself in someone else's shoes and, and particularly online, you know, because why do you want to put yourself... You know, if you're looking at someone like Molly May, for example, like a proper, like, big, you know, stunning influencer, yeah. Kim Kardashian, you don't want to feel empathy for them. You don't want to put yourself in their shoes. You don't want to humanise them. You don't want to like them. And you definitely don't want to believe that they that they shit too or that they're having a hard time too because that doesn't help you. And I think that's what's really hard. So rather than have compassion, we just feel anger. And I think that's where social media gets quite negative.
1: But I think we yeah. think, you know, because the whole thing is like a zoo. So really, we're bear baiting. Mm. I think we think they have no right to feelings. They have no right to feel sad or vulnerable because you know, look, look at everything they've got. So, yeah. so they, they lose, they, you know, their their rights to be human, you know, are compromised by us, really.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're really mean to each other. Really mean. We're re- we're and the really annoying thing is, other. it's women being really mean to other women. And which, men are which just cracking stop.
1: Which we're all trying to do to build yeah. a sisterhood, and um, and your Instagram and podcast is a very good place to start. So I would direct any of our listeners to M. Clarkson because it is quite mad, and uh, and and a little dose of Doctor Feel Good always. Actually, even yeah. when you're struggling, it's done in a very generous way. So, Thank congratulations you. on moving from that brutalized seventeen-year-old girl yeah. into Thank the uh, the know, Titanic years. force Brilliant. for good yeah. that you're becoming. Oh, guys, thanks. Um, thanks for coming to talk to us today and come and talk to us again, please.
2: Thanks, guys. Bye.
1: This podcast was bravely
0: brought to you by Simprove. You can sign up for a 12-week introductory programme and here's your code for a 15% discount, midult 15 at simprove.com.
1: You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe.